it's Rebel FM, episode 3142. I'm Anthony Guy. Who's joining me is Mitch Dyer. Fucking nailed it, Anthony. I'm so proud yeah. of you. Uh, Mash Anjane. It's the first time I've ever heard you get the number right, like on the first take. And Arthur Keys. Actually. Trying to calculate. It's 272. No, that's not true. <laughs> no, it's, it's, not. To, it's like trying to calculate the number of digits in Rebel It's 277. FM. <laughs> it's actually 10 oh. years in the future. <laughs> no. Oh. I don't have anything else. Whatever. Talk about some fucking video games. I was going to say you're about a dozen off. So we talk about video games here, and the first video game I'm going to talk about, Arthur, feel free to zone the fuck out. (laughs) See ya. (laughs) Goodbye. So I... I am super out of it right now. I I do some consulting sometimes about video games, right? And one of the games that some of my fellow consultants were talking about was uh, Supercell's new game. Supercell, if you're not familiar with them, they made Clash of Clans. Mm-hmm. You know, that fucking game that's yep. like everywhere. Like the yeah. biggest oh God, game. I know what you're about to talk My mom about. plays that game. So, the most money-making motherfucking but game I will ever. say No, but I'll say this. I'll say this. Their new game, Battle Royale. Nope. Clash it, Royale. Clash Royale. It has really dumb... <laughs> Battle Royale is a different game. It has, really, it has really dumb free-to-play hooks in it. Like, really gross that I'll talk about in a second. Okay. But I'll say the base game is actually... It's, it is designed by a game designer who knows how to make a fun thing. Like, it, it is actually like... Clash of Clans, I found very boring, right? Yeah. The game I worked on, too, was like, build a base and you're just waiting for shit to build, and then battling is kind of like a tertiary part of it, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. This is like baby's first RTS in a way. Huh. I thought it was a card game. It, so, it is It is a cross between, in my opinion, a card game, a MOBA, and an RTS. Whoa. And the way it works is that you have cards, you collect these cards, and as you get cards, that's how you deploy a unit to the battlefield. When you okay. deploy a unit to the battlefield... <clears throat> They are activated and they're acting in real time of their own AI. Can we talk about the fucking placement this game has on the App Store? Oh yeah, I number mean, one banner. Scroll down beneath the games and beneath where there the would normally be like nine games, it's just it's Clash, just Clash it's, Royale characters. Yeah. Wow. How much money do you think they spent? None, because they didn't probably have to spend anything because they've Apple been the top grossing game for so many years yeah. that I, Apple was like, let's just keep making a ton of money off these dudes. Like you know what I mean? Like if I was yeah. Apple, I'd give them that. Giving them that space costs Apple nothing and makes Apple millions of dollars. Good point. So, uh, uh, I tried this game just because I try and keep up on like you know what big like big games like this. Obviously, they're doing something right, right? Sure. So I want to kind of keep up with stuff like that. And the game is actually really fun. Like the base of it is that you're facing off on this really small map. It's like two fort. Mm-hmm. And each of you has a fort, and if that dies, it's game over. You also have one tower on each side, and as you kill a tower, you get a crown, and that's kind of like uh, how you. There's up to three victory points for destroying the two towers in the main fort. If you destroy their main fort, you get all three. Mm-hmm. So, on your side of the sphere of influence and their side of the sphere of influence, that's where you can drop your units anywhere. As you're going, you have a mana bar that's slowly charging, and every card has a mana cost. So, if you I wait, you said mono for a second. Mana. Really if you wait until you have like five mana, you can drop a giant, and a giant's like a tanky unit that will walk up and tank a tower. Hmm. But there's actually like a little bit of baby's first strategy game in it, in the sense that like if you drop a giant and then you drop goblins behind him, the giant will actually do the tanking of the tower so that the goblins can actually like do DPS. Do the DPS. Whereas if you accidentally drop the goblins first and then the giant. <laughs> The goblins are just going to get blown away. Yeah, yeah. So there's actually, and there's like really advanced units that have like really high damage output, but really high, really low hit points. So you have to think about how you deploy them. And it makes you make tactical decisions like, uh, should I wait for six mana to deploy this really powerful unit? Or should I drop like two, three mana units right now? Cause shit's going bad. Mm-hmm. And when you destroy one of their towers, now you can stop drop. Now you can start dropping guys on their sphere of influence. Mm. So you, now it's like that it adds to the pressure, but since there's two sides of the map and two paths to their base, 
if you're like if they're paying too much attention to one side you can fuck them up by going to the other side mm. each match i'll say takes probably one to two minutes that's wow. it very fast yeah um and after each match you get a chest and chests are how you unlock cards and as you progress you like getting duplicates of a card is how you if you get enough duplicates it levels the card up giving them additional hit points damage output etc mm. okay so that part of the game is actually really clever and smart and like a fun actual little strategy game that I'm like, that's a fucking brilliant take on like, like give you an RTS experience in two minutes. Yeah. Really smart. Yeah. I really like that. The collectible card aspect, super addictive. Where it gets gross though, is that you can only ever have, so whenever you unlock a chest, this is where they do like, unlock a chest, you can either wait like a minimum of one hour, usually three hours to unlock a chest. Mm-hmm. And you can only ever be unlocking one chest at a time, or you can speed it up with currency, right? Uh-huh. Um, so, however, though, once you unlock, once you have four chests in your unlock queue, and you have, you also have a fifth chest slot that's like play X number of matches, get victory points, 10 victory points earns you another chest. And so that's how you can get a free chest, is just through playing to get that victory point chest. And you get the other chest too, but those ones have a timer, like the victory point one you can open immediately. Hmm. Once you open a victory point one, though, it's three hours before you can even acquire another one. So if you have Unless four you chest slots, money. if you have four chest slots filled and you have your victory chest one done, there's literally no way to progress. If you uh, play matches at that point, you're not going to get the in-game currency. You're not going to earn leveling up for your cards. You're literally stuck. So like that's where it, it kind of depressed me is that as like a person that enjoys free to play things, one of the things I think smart games do, like League of Legends, even is mm-hmm. like League of Legends. If you never put money into it, you can always keep playing and earning IP that you can use to buy characters. Right. You yeah, know, yeah. most games have it to where if it doesn't matter. Maybe you never put money into it, but you're serving a purpose by being a part of the community and right. providing a player for the person to fight against. And this game, once you've done the free thing, it's like, nope, you can't do free anymore. Yeah, you can keep playing, right. but you're literally not. There will be no progression. You're literally at that playing just for fun. Right. And it's like, Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> this is 2016. We don't play video games for fun. I know, but if but it, but it is like, is there a compendium? It's just annoying to the idea that, you know, like part of the reason you're doing it is to grind out duplicates of cards to level up your guys. Mm-hmm. And now because you don't want to spend any money, there's a hard stop for several hours, you know? Yeah, yeah, so that's yeah. where it gets. That's where I think it's like it's both nefarious because it's like, well, fuck, man, it works. Mm-hmm. Like I've looked at the, yeah. the cash shop, never spend money. I probably never will. But right. at the same time, I just feel like, I don't know, that's like kind of a dangerous trend to me for free to play things just because. I'm trying to think of like the best free to play games out there. Like, what are some of the, like? I feel like most really great free to play games, like we said, like they always reward you just for being a, a like. Thanks for being a warm body right. for our yeah, paying yeah. customers to face off against. Right, exactly. And this one, I feel like, is lacking that. I'm like, yeah. fuck, man, that's like kind of a weird thing from like this huge game, especially yeah. it's the top grossing game, so it's obviously working. You know what I mean? So crazy. Well, is it a top grossing game? Because it's the new thing from the Clash of Clans people, or is it a top-grossing game because it has such good game design? But a little I, bit I, of a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. Right. Well, I wonder. I wonder. You know, like if this will be an interesting test to see if this kind of game design that's like deliberately, you know, uh, deliberately free to play gross will have a, a long, a long tail. Yeah. Hasn't it already demonstrated? The length of its tail, though, like hasn't haven't numerous games. I I don't know. I don't know if we can really say that because this one, you know, is getting all of the promotion and it has such an IP behind it. Right. But the difference is like Clash Clash of Clans 
is very much about developing your clan and kind of building an empire and becoming and be, building bigger a base. and powerful and yeah. then using that to show other people like I am better yeah. and I have this badass stuff and look what I've done over the course of years Yeah, they can come and look game. at your base. This is literally yeah. just about two minute battles and whether or not you win that battle. Right. Is there any PvP? That's all it is. It's all, all PvP. That's all it is. Yeah. It's 100% Wait, PvP. There's, oh, I thought it was all there is no, computers. There is no like progressive like oh. building your base or anything. The only thing you're playing is you're playing against people to unlock a chest so you can get uh, duplicates or new cards. Cards. That's kind of fucking cool. The, I thought it was just computer stuff. Yeah, no, no it's, it's, it's Hearthstone played out with real time units. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And so that that's what makes me wonder a little bit about it is that like you know with this restriction on well, there's no point in you playing right now if you if you filled up your chest slots. Uh, it makes me wonder if that's going to turn people off in the long run. Whereas like Clash of Clans, they'll keep you playing because it has that constant addiction cycle attached to it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in Clash of Clans, the the I think the success of a game like that and like the game I worked on when I was at that mobile studio Z2, like it was one of those games too. And it was just like, it's because there's always something you should be doing. Right. And in this, you hit a hard point where like, Oh, I guess I should just leave for now and come <laughs> yeah. back, which is just weird. Right. Yeah. Like, unless you want to put money. So I guess maybe. Right. Maybe, but you said that even it, it, there's even a point where you can hit though, where like putting money doesn't do anything. No, no. Right? If you have money, you can always be like, oh, I have four chests. Unlock all four oh, chests. Oh, you can unlock four keep, chests. Then you keep can my slots open. Chests. Keep my slots open. Uh, right, right, right. Keep playing, get more chests. It, the chests are the hard cap. Yeah, so as long as right. you're using money, you can sit there and unlock them and not wait for a timer. Gotcha. So the timer is literally there to impulse you. Like, like it'll even tell you, like, if you play this match right now, you ain't got no chest slots open. Do you want to pay to open one? And I'm like, right. no, motherfuckers. <laughs> you but then my worry still holds because if you don't have all of these warm bodies for the whales to go up against because people are, like, dying off because they lose interest after, like, well, I've yeah, played, I mean, you know, like, I've been playing this game for a week. And I've spent half, there's been half a dozen times where I can't play anymore. Eh, I don't know if I want to go through that again. Yeah, we'll see how it ends up right now. There's obviously so many people playing that I've never yeah. waited more than two seconds to no, find a match. Sure. Two seconds. Yeah. Like, it's crazy how short the queue times um, are. So this it? is yeah. like a much smaller version of a game I can't remember the name of because it actually changed name and That's they started inconvenient. redesigning a bunch of stuff. <laughs> but it's done by uh, Asher Volmer who did threes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it originally was like Tiny Castles or something, but it's very similar in that you and I are playing against each other and it can be up to four players. And you basically, there are all these paths and you just kind of paint a path and what kind of units you want to attack the other person's base. And it becomes about kind of securing routes and cutting people off and making sure that your units will overwhelm theirs while you claim their territory. And yeah. It's like this on a larger scale. Yeah, it's like, you know, you drop the units into the battle and like most people just do it. They drop it at the very edge of the map so that it gets to the enemy faster. But like, as you see, like, there is like a little bit of depth to the play, like a necromancer. You might want to drop really far on the your farthest back of your part of your field because it will take longer for him to reach the enemy tower and start doing damage. Mm-hmm. But then necro just keeps summoning skeletons on his way. Oh, so by the time more. he gets there, oh, he's really got cool. a ton of skeletons. Got it. So it's just like there's little bits of baby strategies that I'm like. They hired some really good fucking designers for well, this. Well, it's not even just it's not, and I know what you mean by baby strategy in the sense that it's not opaque. And you don't have to like read a fact to understand what's going on. Totally. You just have to drop units and figure it out. Yeah. But it's clear that, you know, that the strategy, while it's uh, easy to understand, is still pretty deep if it has these different units that you have to place down at different times. Totally. Those are all like really basic strategy. And the player has that spells that, to, that it's hard to mesh into one game design. The player has their spells too that they can cast and fl- like, yeah. do things like. Yeah. And it's also worth waiting. Like, I'm playing it now and it's, it's worth waiting to be like, okay, I have a giant. He's going to tank some stuff. 
but I'm also going to wait for him to have some backup. Exactly. You don't want to drop him just the second you reach the amount that you can to get to put him out because then he'll be so, solo. Mm-hmm. So that like I've learned through playing. I mean, like I said, it's it's actually a really brilliant little game. Mm-hmm. It's just got some gross free to play things. Like I would love to see someone offer me like a a five dollar version of it yeah. where I bought it once. Like I'm saying, someone aped the idea. Give me a five dollar version yeah. that's like that, and just I have all the cards unlocked or something like that. So, or there's like right. natural progression. That's what I mean. Yeah, just just either way, nothing unlocked in the free to play trappings. Yeah. So, um, that's your like hot Arthur. We can bring Arthur back from the depths. I mean, it's it's interesting to me. I just you know, it's not something that I'm gonna play. Yeah, I did. I did it again mostly because the like uh, uh, just the group that I was chatting with was all talking about it. Because they were like, "Oh, we should at least check it out." So this is I the mean, kind of game that makes one hundred percent for you. To yeah, play this like in your job capacity, like you need to be looking at stuff like this. Yeah, so I was checking out that. Whereas for me, I'm playing this. And I'm like, I should probably just be reading a book instead. Yeah. <laughs> uh, How often could you say that about anything you're doing? Uh, yeah, all the fucking time. And then I played some Garden Warfare. Now that I, yeah, how are you liking it? It's really good. That game is so fun. And they just put out a balance patch to bring the rose back to. Uh, the support role levels. it was meant to be isn't that a meaty fucking game yeah there's so much in that game. actually i was a little intimidated by it i was like yes. you want me to do all these quests i was like how do i just get to multiplayer <laughs> that's <laughs> like, exactly where i was when i went to the preview event like the presentation was half an hour long and i was like this is gibberish now i have no fucking idea what's right. happening yeah i was like i'm doing this quest and all of a sudden i'm just like what's garden ops and I'm like, how do I just, I just want to, I just want to fight other human beings. If you go through the agent training process for each side, it actually does a pretty good job of sort of, I didn't of even like, realize there was an each side. Like every, like every zombie type and every plant type has like a quest line where you do stuff for them and yeah. earn pins. It's a really deep game. It's really fun. And man, I just feel like, like there's a reason the first one was pretty successful. And I feel like the second one, it, I hope it's really good, successful for them because it's a really well-made game. Like not only is it a really well-made shooter and i feel like they're obviously very attentive to the balancing because i was like actually reading over the patch notes that's awesome and yeah they're very diligent like to responding to the fact that they more so than they were in battlefield yeah they've seen that the plants have been dominating and so they they did a ton of plant nerfs which i have been saying for three months so they just did a ton of plant fucking game (laughs) they just did they just did a ton of plant nerfs and uh this is evolve all over again (laughs) and uh and i think the other thing is it's so cool that it's like it feels like the it's true to the IP, like yeah, you know, like again, I just I think that's it worth, expands on it. But. Worth reiterating that I felt like when I first heard that they were making anything Plants vs Zombie that wasn't like Plants vs Zombies, I was like, oh, what a fucking disaster. Mm. And now I play it and I'm like, wow, they really like they really add to that world that was established by PopCap. So you know, I love uh, I love when people can do a new genre in a game universe and it just feels like it fits. Yeah. It shouldn't like a bio yeah. rights. I feel like it should have fucking, they should have messed it up. Yeah. But it, especially like turning it into a shooter. Cause plants vs. zombie was like, a, like if you told me you were making an RTS, I would have been like, Oh, well that kind of makes sense for plants vs. zombie <laughs> right. or something. Yeah. It seems um, like so far out of left field. I mean like it, 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 they, it seems closer related, but I still remember that same kind of reaction when they first announced Metroid Prime, and people was like, "Oh yeah, FPS Metroid? That makes no sense at all. How yeah. can you possibly?" Well, we're probably going to feel work? that way when uh, Radiant starts making its League of Legends fighter. Yeah, right. yeah, that's and that's that. That's my yeah. Not so so if people prediction. didn't see the gaming news this week. The the Cannon Brothers, who are the founders of Radiant Entertainment, and who are also you know some of the founding team of the Evo Fighting Game Tournament, Radiant Image, Radiant Entertainment. 
got bought by Riot Games, makers of League of Legends. And, and Seth Killian is also now a Riot employee. Yep. I'm glad that they're, uh, you know, it's kind of sucks in a way because I remember like when you first told me about that project, I was like, oh, I should hit them up. Yeah, their game Rising Thunder. I was like, I should yeah. hit them up for a job because you told me they were working on something UE4. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, oh, okay, I know UE4. But uh, at the same time, like, well, uh, it's a it's a bummer that Rising Thunder won't continue. Like it seems, yeah, it the seems, game was so cool. It seems to me like League of Legends is obviously like ripe for a fighting game because they have all these characters and they have these move sets yeah. that could easily translate. And into all the that. women have like extremely exposed big boobs, so that's perfect for the fighting <laughs> game genre. Sure, I just but I just mean like that's I just truth. mean though that like I've always thought like a character action game set in League of Legends could do fairly well for right, itself, like a Garen like, Space Marine style exactly, game. Exactly, like yeah. but like mm. because they have enough audience worldwide. But I feel like a fighting game makes even more sense, like a free to play fighting game. If someone's going to do it, like or yeah. Riot might just buy them, have them make the game, and then they'll shelve it, and never release it because they'll decide it's not good enough. <laughs> yeah, have money <laughs> like to. Riot does. I but, don't. I don't think that this will be League of Legends oriented. I think just a new franchise or yeah, something. I, I would love that. I would love to see. Yeah, like I, it way would, outside I, their comfort zone. Like every free to play company is looking at Candy Crush and King and thinking we need to diversify. Sure. Yeah, I am. Like, I, you mean looking at Candy Crush and Activision? So, like, we can't do one or Zynga. Like Zynga is also a great example. Like we can't place all our eggs in one basket forever and expect that basket to stay the same size. Well, like, Zynga did the opposite thing. Well, even King, like, let's make everything. And well, it's well like Zynga, Zynga and King both did what did the kind of similar things too, right? Which is that they started trying to buy other companies because they yeah. knew they yep. couldn't do it themselves. And that's that how they ended up buying the uh, words of friends, the drawing and, thing. Yeah. yeah. And drawn, draw, whatever, draw, draw something something. or something. Draw yeah. something. And then to live. And then, and then also, uh, and then also like when I worked at Z2, they got bought by King. Because right. King was like, ah, oh, we need to get other companies that have made a successful mobile thing because we yeah. can't continue to do it ourselves. Right. And so, like, this isn't quite like that. Like, they're not buying a company so much as they're, like, buying a very tiny... They're buying like, creative ideas. It's a portfolio thing. Yeah. yeah and it, it's, it's interesting. There's, there's uh, you know, like, the times we've, be, we've been filming at Radiant Entertainment working on our Outerlands episode about the Cannon Brothers... Um, you know, there's like gotta go re-edit that shit. Guess you gotta go update 10, now. People there, yeah. We're gonna have to do another interview and catch up with them. It doesn't totally like ruin them because Rising Thunder turned out to be a much smaller part of the story than we thought it was gonna be Stone when Hearts. we started shooting with them. Um, yeah, it's there's we had to re-edit that episode anyway uh, for lots of reasons. But the uh, it's been really interesting, like following you know their their plans and what they've been working on and everything like that and like you know we we hadn't talked to them for a few months so this this news was like a big surprise to us too um but you know it it would make perfect sense to me because the whole thing about rising thunder and they said this you know since then is that it was supposed to be free to play from the start like all of their mechanics were designed around this being a totally free to play esports Online only, you know, like Seth was not bullshitting when he came. He showed me that game. He's like, I'm like, I wanted you to see this because I know you're obsessed with Dota 2 because <laughs> like that is the model we're chasing. We want yep. this game to be free forever and for yep. everyone to always have access to everyone. Yep. And like the and, you know, like it w- makes perfect sense to me that as a proof of concept, right, is like, well, you know, look how big fighting games are in the esports world. Now, granted, the prize pools aren't don't approach anywhere even close to a lot of other esports when it comes to fighting games, but that doesn't mean that there isn't an audience out there. When you can fill, you know, like 10,000, 20,000 man arenas, like Evo this year is going to be goddamn enormous. Well, I also think... Evo this year is going to be too bad. I also think that yeah. Tencent, the parent company and stuff, is just looking for free-to-play stuff to put in Asia. 
and like i think that they could yeah. see like like the I'm, I, you know, I don't think, I think a fighting game is a genre that hasn't been represented necessarily yeah. as much in Asia. Like there's been a couple of Tekken free to play games and stuff, but mm. I don't think any of them have like done especially yeah. well. I, there are so many markets that they probably want a piece of that it's hard to see. And I bet you they, I mean, the bottom line is I bet you they weren't expensive. Like, you know, not to, no, not to downplay no, what they, they did. They, but Cause there's like maybe, like I said, maybe 15 people there. But something. they yeah. did they're get like $5 company. million dollars in venture capital funding last year, <clears> which <throat> means that like for riot to buy them they had to buy out they had to buy capital. that yeah even yeah, still like, like the value dollars, of if that they paid stock, if they paid 20 million dollars yeah. for them that's nothing and five million dollars for you know for a small for a 15 person company is really peanuts so you know, like so when they got that five million dollars of venture capital funding that's like maybe six to eight months of operation maybe a year um so you know like uh, they so yeah they probably weren't expensive but it was a really genius hire. I'm mostly happy I'm, that I'm they're thinking not it's probably more of an ac- sorry I was just going to talent say, acquisition. Yeah, it's totally a talent. Oh yeah, like get Seth, we want to do this. Get Seth and get the guys. Yeah, we'll get the, the Cannon brothers, yeah. right? So that I mean, so well, that, Evo that's, is that's, always totally. That's separate. how League of Legends started. League of Legends, the the original dudes were like, we have to get the Dota All Stars people, and the so, Dota yep. All Stars people are going to be the people we employ to make our game. That way they have yep. cred, you know. So here, so here's the weird thing though is that like, Evo, I muted my mic, yeah, <laughs> hissing at your cat because she was where she was not supposed to be. But here's the um, the weird thing is that Evo is a completely separate entity. Uh, if they bought Radiant Entertainment, they didn't necessarily buy Evo. Uh, it, you know, it's like Evo is the the Cannon Brothers. Yeah, are a those part two things don't don't have any connection other than like the people involved like right not. Uh, okay right exactly yeah um, evo is not a radiant entertainment uh event i'm happy I, that they're going to continue to make Stonehearth too the game seems so cool it positions yeah. them strongly as well because any league event can now also have whatever ip they're working on present yep yeah like it might even be totally separate it might be you know rising thunder worlds as a separate thing not that that game's continuing but no, no, I, whatever like, that game becomes but it worlds there will be like there's festivities sure. like there are booths and shit and yeah. there will be like oh, the successor to whatever the fuck rising thunder was going to be like whatever it is will be yep. present mm. with league of legends like as like an opening act um but it is interesting that that i mean i hope that they do the completely free to play thing me too yeah we'll me see. too I also I, I hope they still get to make a fighting game. I see how they wouldn't. Because know. Riot has demonstrated that no one needs to. Because no literally to every... Oh, you, mean com- you mean completely, completely free. I see yeah, what you mean. Every other oh, free-to-play oh. game that's come out like recently that's character-based has sold characters. Yes. Mm. Free-to-play except, like Seth was talking about. Except for Paragon. Mm-hmm. Which right. was announced last week. That's like the most encouraging thing so far I've seen about Paragon. It just shows that they get it and they're paying attention. Also that they can afford it because they've got fucking... <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, they don't have to make money on it. Is they, are they also Tencent? Yeah. Yeah, yeah they've got yeah, Tencent they money and they have a platform and they're more than happy to like sell cosmetic content. Yeah. And I, boosts. I played yeah. more Smite too and I do think that while I did get a code for those characters, thanks Arthur, uh, mm-hmm. that I do still appreciate that in their store, they still sell a $30 pack to get every hero now and forever. Oh, wow, like, nice. Like, uh, you know, I, I, I that. high res has always done a really good job. Even when they, when we played tribes back in the day, they mm-hmm. had like a 30 or $40 get everything yep. thing, you know? Yep. 
I've always appreciated that as an option in a free to play game. Me like too. if they gave me a sixty dollar buy it at once, you know, pay like you're buying a retail game. Totally I kind of like that. Yeah. But I agree. You know, it would be nice, Arthur, if their next game they just were like characters are free and they monetized in some other way. Yeah. You know. I just I don't think that there's any reason for them to do that because they don't need to because they've got a massive amount of financial runway to not to do that and there's no competition. Well, yeah, I mean, like, I, I mean, I imagine like Killer Instinct and stuff, they sell characters and the free to play fighting games that have come out are, they've always sold characters. So I don't know. Yeah. Um, well, and then there's the incentive when you start selling characters to keep making more characters to the point where it's impossible to balance. Cause you know, like a, League of Legends is hard to balance and you know fighting games are almost impossible to balance with you know a dozen characters that's why I've always said I'm really glad that the game we have is that I work on is not PvP PvP. yeah because yeah we have like 55 characters and it would be all with various abilities it it would just be an impossible nightmare so yep Um, speaking of PvE and PvP Mm -hmm. uh, the division came out this week I played some of it. I have not bought it yet. I have not played it. Play, uh, what are you going to play on? I got, I got Xbox. I have it on PC I, right a now. A lot of people actually have it on Xbox. Yeah, you've been telling I'm me that I've been, by. Yeah, you were telling me I've been playing it on the wrong platform. Yeah, you are playing it on the wrong console, <laughs> the wrong platform, because it's already hacked to shit on PC, just like a bunch of people warned and, that it would be. And why is that? Like, well, I that wasn't seems like that's Ubisoft's failing. Absolutely. Why is it so hackable? Uh, because of the way that it handles uh, network code and communication between player characters. So it's like, but I mean, I guess I always figured that this was kind of like Destiny, where everybody's on a server and you have a client, and I don't know. Yeah, that seems weird that it's hack- so hackable. Yeah. It seems like a major, major, major oversight. Yes. Yeah, which is what everybody was like, not everybody, <clears throat> a lot of people f- just blindly assumed that they would fix it when it came out during the beta that this was mm-hmm. happening. Mm-hmm. But. I don't remember if we talked about it then, but like the people at my company, I don't remember talking about that it. code this shit that do like network communications and that build product looked at what they were supposedly doing and said they can't fix this that fast. Hmm. And wow. it seems to be the case that they have not fixed it. Well, then what'll stop it from happening Oof. on other consoles? I wonder because because PS4 and Xbox One are still totally locked down. Are they? Yes. Hmm. There, try to find a pirated PS4 or Xbox One game, and I don't think that you will. Challenge accepted. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, right now, even PC games are becoming increasingly difficult to pirate. Like, it's taking months for them to work on cracks, and some games are just not pirated. Hmm. I guess I just have so little faith in it, because even, you know, Xbox 360 games were, were, so were often so hacked, like... You know, go back and play any older Call of Duty. Like I think was it you Richard to go back and play Modern Warfare with at one point, and I every think it was and I we, Tina. and we played on some map where all of a sudden we were able to jump like eighty feet in the sky and <laughs> stuff, and it was flying. It was like <laughs> I was just like, wow, like they just they just let it go. Yep, yep. It became the wild fucking west. Yeah. After a while, so. you just can't support that shit anymore. Yeah, but yeah, I mean that that's a big bummer uh, to find that out um, because it. One thing I can definitely say about this game, having only played it for two hours, you only need to play it before for five minutes uh, before you're like, holy shit, I can't believe how beautiful this game is. Yeah, it's like it is the, really stunning. That's my takeaway from all the video I've seen. Yeah, the environments look like fucking Naughty Dog, Uncharted-level environments where I, there's the, clutter the, everywhere it's and not the lighting that, is like, so good. There's fog in that game that is like the most incredible fog I've yes. ever seen. yeah. That yeah. is like even on consoles, like it's lit fog from wow, like wow, even on consoles. Yeah, so it has fog the mist. Just, 
it's so it's mist and like you'll be walking through and you'll like see flickers of police lights in fog off to your left and like street light yellowed fog on the right it's and it's just, so you've been playing as well arthur yes how many doors have you shut uh, <laughs> it just ha- like if you are on a car and there's a door open as you're sliding along it like it'll, it'll just like push it closed yeah, I I just, love that. I just, as soon as i saw that in the trailer i was like no fucking way that game ships with that no way <laughs> every door every, every door, door people just run by and like click Clicking. Yeah, well, you don't actually push them with your character hands. It's like it just, just closes. Yeah, yeah. It's like when you take cover on a car and you push up against a slightly a door, a slightly ajar door. You close it. I've noticed that none of the doors are wide open. No. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, but yeah, the uh, it's really unbelievably gorgeous, and it runs super well on my at least the areas that I've been to. Now I just got to Manhattan, which I'm sure is where like if there's going to be slowdown, that's where. How long have you played? two hours have you seen the second credit sequence yet yes okay there is an extended tutorial in that game that it doesn't really tell you is a tutorial yeah huh. which is good because it feels it feels right the way it's that like they do it a second title sequence yeah the second All title right. sequence does feel weird because i felt like i already had a title sequence well, so like there's one like one of the th- like if you played the beta you sort of got a, a taste of this i think like there's a big base building and upgrade component mm-hmm. to it not like laying out the base, but like getting points and upgrading things. Yeah, yeah. like building your med bay and your security. Of which there are a lot, and it's incredibly important that you do it because your ability to withstand contaminated areas is dependent on how much of your base you've upgraded. Mm-hmm. Uh, which the game fucking does not tell you. <laughs> it absolutely doesn't. So before you play the division and you spend all your points upgrading wings, look at upgrades that increase your contamination level uh ability i suppose that makes sense but that's still annoying there's a lot of things this game doesn't tell you for its ostensibly tutorial stage it just has a few things you know like you know like uh press control to vault over objects press share onboarding for anything with a lot of systems is a nightmare yeah it doesn't tell you so much like i'm looking through my inventory screens and uh i'm like what do these things do? Like, I understand that I have a backpack. Does my backpack give me more inventory space? Well, <laughs> sure. backpacks have armor right. value attached yeah. to them. I, I actually, uh, like, I'm digging the loot stuff so far. I, I mean, I like the loot stuff. I'm just saying jackets, that, like, I'm hats. saying I don't, things haven't been communicated to me about, like, why I want one piece of loot over another. I do like that, I, that when, you're, when you're in I the... I don't uh, think that's true at all. I do, though. It does, like, the, the full comparison thing of loot that, like, Diablo added. It does. It, I'm, sa- I'm not saying that it doesn't have a good interface and that I can't tell which loot is better than other loot. But I'm like, why do I want a backpack? Is it just a piece of armor? I don't know. I do like in that game that there's like a, unlike, you know, in Rust, we always, unless someone was wearing like black and you saw that they had Kevlar, you didn't really have an idea. But you never had any idea what they had on them. Yeah. yeah. Whereas I like in this game that the second you have loot, you get like that yellow backpack on your back. So that if you're in the dark zone, you oh, have like so you this, just see you have this little you know. radioactive waste oh back pack God. on your back, and you're like, that guy has fucking loot because oh he's God. carrying the radioactive so waste. <laughs> Holy shit! So, you also cannot do dark zone stuff until you upgrade a part of your base. Oh, I haven't gotten there yet. I was watching videos of people doing the dark zone stuff, mm-hmm. and it was like, yeah, they'd see someone and be like, that guy has loot. Should we shoot him? Ah, uh, but we all have it too. Let's just hold back. Let's hold back and mm-hmm. see how they. You know, and it's it's funny seeing like the way it's people really people try and communicate with each other in yeah. it because that game has. Uh, I forget the term for you know, but if me and Arthur were talking and you were not in our chat, oh, like you were oh, like, like, like proximity chat, proximity sound. chat, yeah. yeah. So it has I a, love that. So so people will communicate with like the in-game gestures, so yeah. they don't have to speak. You know, yeah. Like uh, I was I was watching the giant bomb guys playing there, saying like when they go to kill someone, they do, that if they decide 
they want to kill someone, someone in the group will start doing jumping jacks. That's yeah. really and that's funny. like their sign. <laughs> that's like, like, let's go. Let's do it. I love that. So, yeah. No, I, awesome. I think that game has a lot of things that really appeal to me about it. Arthur, how do you feel about the combat? Like basic mechanic wise, I think that it's really strong, which is why it's interesting to me to like yeah. see some people complain about that. Like I think Alana uh, at IGN was complaining that she didn't think it was a very good shooter. I feel like it is a extremely competent tactical third person shooter. I agree with that. I think so. Um, like shooting feels a lot better better than I expected it to. It feels. I thought it'd be feel like like wow, like you're just chopping through stuff forever. So mm. first of all, like the shooting feels like the Division or Splinter Cell, or like it feels like a Tom Clancy game in third person. <laughs> Uh, except arguably more responsive than like Ghost Recon did. Yeah, it feels uh, to me somewhere between Ghost Recon and Gears as which far as is responsiveness goes. Good, it's pretty good. Yeah. Because I have a sneaking suspicion that this is exactly how Ghost Recon will play when it comes out. Oh, <laughs> Wild Hunt. Yeah. Um, Wild Lands. Whatever. <laughs> That's not The Witcher. Wild Ghost Hunt. Recon, The Witcher. <laughs> play the uh, fuck out of that game. <laughs> so I think that it, it controls well. I, I like the, the differentiation between the different weapons, of which there are lots. Yes. There are lots and lots. Like, there are marksman rifles and assault rifles and submachine guns and, f- like, heavy machine guns and pistols and shotguns and automatic shotguns. Like, hmm. all of that is stuff that you look at. All of it has stats. Like, all of it upgrades over time. And also, your character just does more damage over time, like, as he gets better. Yeah. Uh, or as she gets better, because the game, like, is very very clearly denotes that you can play as a woman and there are a lot of women in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing that I was worried about was that enemies would feel like bullet sponges. That was my right. fear too. And That's if my you biggest thing. are in an area where you are properly leveled, it's not really that bad. Uh, it- like, like how many clips? I mean, that's the thing is I saw a video early on that I was like, it looks like it takes like three clips to kill some. If people. you got a submachine gun that's properly leveled, like an SMG, and you are at like medium range, like you can kill two or three people on one clip, uh, which okay. is yep. pretty shooter that's, standard. Yeah, I was gonna say yeah, that feels that feels yeah. The uh, it's still a little weird to like shoot people three times in the head before they die with a pistol. Yeah, um, two or three times in the head. But uh, that being said, it this game. That part, but also a lot of other parts of this game, feel to me a lot like Destiny. I see. I I disagree with that. But an, another weapon thing is that if I had to compare it to a game who where the damage model feels like it applies, I would say it, the damage model feels kind of like a Battlefield game. Like you shoot at somebody, you kill one dude with half your clip, you almost kill the next dude with half your clip, and then you double tap Y on Xbox One and you select your your pistol and finish him off. Mm-hmm. Like, and that is a very satisfying loop to me. Like, and that is what it reminds me of. Because in Battlefield, it's always like, uh, you do as much as you can with your with your main weapon, and then you use the handgun to clean up if you have to. Or, sure. like, it's faster than reloading. Yeah. Um, and so I feel that way. I got a, in the beta, and this may have changed, but it felt really similar to Gears to me, in that you put more bullets in than feels necessary, but by the end of it, it's like, man, that felt like I can figure out to the bullet exactly how many this guy needs to go down. Uh, yeah, I think that that's not inaccurate. It, it does give you like different damage values for when. You, so there is like a certain amount of randomness there. Like I'll shoot a guy like three times in the chest, and the numbers that'll pop up will be like two twenty six, two twenty three, two twenty seven. You know, so like, but they're always in like a relatively similar range. Yeah, so and also like, it's it's not like a crazy Borderlands style number popping off their head. It's like very compact. Like also you can turn yeah. it off, and it, that's the way yeah. to go. Um, so I all of that feels pretty good. Uh, yeah, it does. And the times where enemies are bullet sponges is where it, when you know that you were somewhere you were not supposed to be, or or they're a boss, or they're a boss. Yeah. In which case, 
I feel like a lot of games have done like a lot of normal shooters have done the sort of armored tanky boss that takes too much mm-hmm. damage to kill. And honestly, if you nail a boss properly, like if you get a grenade or two on them or get them with like an, an oil or gas canister or like mm-hmm. heavy weapons, you can actually take them out pretty quickly. Hmm. So I did the in. So you start out in Brooklyn and I did the first, uh, you know, uh, retake the precinct police precinct mission, mm-hmm. which is the first time when you're walking around the city and you go up to a space and it says uh, press a button to matchmake and then it tries to matchmake you with people to take on this mission. Right. And uh, it didn't matchmake me with anybody. So it popped in two AI characters. Interesting. That, yeah, so it was me and two AI characters so, running through. And uh, so I was just going to say, like, with the uh, with the boss thing, um, it also worked out really well. I, I got a flashbang, and, like, right now I can only hold one grenade at a time. But I threw a, fl- a fl- I was, like, trying to shoot, because I had a shotgun, and I was shooting the, f- the boss from too far away. But I threw a flashbang. It hit him and, like, stunned him for just a second. I ran up to him and just shotgunned him, like, three times shotgun right in the does head. does a lot of damage if you're in close. Yeah, shotgun's really good. And, like, I took him right down, and it was super satisfying because I, like, completely deployed my cover tactics and everything in order to get up to him exactly where I needed to be to take him out in that manner. And so, like, yeah, the boss feels, like, weirdly, you know, like, for every for a game that looks so real, the boss feels, like, weirdly tanky instead of feeling like a real human but the I mean, actual Gears, Gears kind of had the same doing thing. Doing it feels really great, you know. And, and I think about it. I liked Gears a whole lot, and Gears it was not uncommon to <laughs> the, dump. The to, disconnect being that it looks like a Tom Clancy game. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Um, but so the the thing, like, it's interesting that you you say that about matchmaking because I've never I've never really had a problem with matchmaking because like the way it works is you go to a zone that it thinks that you should play with more people, and it has like it's just like hit X for matchmaking. And it lets you set the difficulty and just start auto matchmaking, or you can like look for people right, on your friends you can, list. You can mm-hmm. repeat it, right? If yes. you want. Uh, so it will look for people to join your party, and eventually, if it doesn't find anyone to join your party, mm-hmm. it will find people who are playing that mission early on and ask if you want to join theirs. That's Candy. weird because it totally didn't do that to me. And I know there's lots of people playing because when I went into the first base, there there was like whole bunch of noobs like me running around doing their first mission. I mean, they maybe just when you go to the dark mission. zone, by the way, since you guys have played, I have not gone to the dark zone. No, nope, me either. But, I, but uh, you've just, you I'm know scared. more about the game. When you go to the dark zone, are you doing missions or is it just going into the there dark are missions zone? In the dark zone. Okay. That's, I was just wondering or if the dark zone was literally just like, you kill some NPCs, you find some loot up, and you yeah. take the um, risk that it could be crazy. <laughs> but I, it's, it's interesting to me. Like there, there are going to be a lot of division destiny comparisons and, Oh yeah. I feel like that reflects poorly on Destiny because The Division is doing a lot of shit that people thought Destiny would be doing two years ago that it still doesn't do. Yeah, the thing I'll be... Uh, like being able to join a party yeah. at any time, like being able to like send party invites to someone you see, like yeah. matchmaking at basically any point in the game, seeing your friends wandering around the city in the map. Yeah, you can, like, you can, send, you can send matchmaking requests to anybody that you see, but like, yeah, Destiny definitely has issues with like you know, uh, putting friends into your zone when you're in the same zone without them being in your party. Um, also, like, missions, like, big missions in this game are, like, raids. 
they're they're formatted like raids and the fact that you can match make into them immediately does raids, not reflect poorly raids <laughs> no. in the sense of like what like there's like mini bosses along like there's there like are stages several to bosses it. there okay. are objectives it is like a full thing and it's funny i say raids because it's not a raid it's a fucking it's a campaign level it's right. a mission but, like but it's, it's a mission it's uh but is it matchmaking with three people or six people or four or uh i have match made into a group of four uh, and you, you can do that in in all of the in all of the destiny strikes. Those are all three people, and you match make into those. Uh, to, can you? I thought you couldn't match make it for raids. Not for uh, not for raids, but the strikes, for which strikes are the dun- which are the dungeons right. and the dungeon falls. levels, and and nightfalls. Yeah, you can match make into all of those, and though you know those have objectives and bosses and like to varying degrees of goodness. Right, I just think that these are what's in the division is much more involved than the mm-hmm. missions that are in Destiny. And also just from a a sheer encounter design perspective, like the spaces in Division feel very oriented around its combat, which is like mm. a very tactical uh, yeah, third person cover based third shooter. person cover based shooter where verticality is really important. So like somebody should be on the ground for sure, but somebody else should be looking for high ground for yeah. Overwatch like every time. Yeah. That's cool. High uh, ground works really well with a shotgun too. <laughs> and like there's almost always high ground to be found if you're looking. And also yeah. there's if there's like a big space where there's going to be a fight, there's usually two or three ways in <clears throat> so that someone can go right and someone can go left and people can sort I'm of super like off, super into that. coordinate their assault. And the um, uh, and like any good like any good shooter really the enemies are aggressive and will flush you out. Yes, it's, it's like any good cover based shooter, especially they'll try to flush you out if you're just going to try to you know like pop up and all and of this is so reassuring because all of this is the stuff that I was when they show, when they first started showing this I was like are they really going to make it a Clancy game or is it just city shooter? Right. And all of this is like tactical shooter shit. Well, like, what that I, I well, like the a lot. thing that I still haven't run into yet and I can't really figure out is like is there anything more to this game than running from from point A to point B and shooting a bunch of shit because I already play a game like that. And it's called Destiny. Well, are you playing Destiny right now? No. When, well, that, <laughs> so that's what I'm worried go. about. Is that like if I play the Division for 50 hours, am I going to completely exhaust all the content? I think that there is a much more little bits of loot? transparent progression system in this, and there's all there's like by default a lot more to do, and there's a lot of there's a lot more story content in this than I was worried that there would be. Like, there's been a lot of cutscenes, like the characters you find have story missions there are cutscenes. like there are characters that speak like that give you assignments that that are not yeah. just like are any of them memorable like do you know their names do you give a shit about them Faye Lau like going is anywhere? like the main sort of commander character she's yeah, the medic, she's the one the medic who's like right more fucked up every time you see her I haven't seen her more fucked up yet but she okay. gets pretty fucked up during the second title sequence okay. yeah so do you uh, yeah well sort of you don't actually get fucked but, up but uh I you don't lose an eye <laughs> yeah my big question to you is how do you feel it is like so far from what you've seen content wise in the sense that like, you know, one of the things that the most easily leveraged complaint against destiny was that when it launched, it was really content light. I don't, I, I think that, so I saw everything that there was to see the first time through in destiny, not including the raids, uh, in like 17 hours. Mm-hmm. And then I was repeating missions mm-hmm. and that's to say nothing of like the spaces that you keep walking back across. I had no idea you played that much destiny. I played he like 40 it. hours of destiny to review it. Mm. Yeah. I, I put in the fucking time. Like, <laughs> we were not fucking around with destiny. Yeah. Um, and so, First, the division seems like it has way more really long missions in spaces that are unique 
like because there are these big chunks of map that are mission like as opposed to there are lots of spaces like the streets of new york you go through multiple times and there's like lots of sort of like emergent scenarios and like firefights and like little like side missions and baby missions and shit out there but like there are big spaces that you go to like the mission that was in the beta which is a short mission based on the what Madison i've Square seen thing? yeah okay that is one of the first missions you get in the game and it no is shit. short compared to That's a awesome, lot of other my stuff. big fear was that was sort of it that was going to be the no. big thing i've done like four or five more of those cool um, and i'm like constantly crisscrossing new york finding other stuff to do nice and so the like the question for me is like is there enough to justify a 60 dollar game yeah not is there enough to justify an mmo because an mmo is a subscription game sure yeah, yeah. yeah. um like the way that it works playing with other people like the way the difficulty scales up i don't feel like playing with three people is putting it on easy mode and also you can all you can always do a mission on hard get better loot for it too uh, and you, yeah you get better shit for it hmm. um, and it definitely not only does it increase the toughness of the enemies but it totally like dramatically increases the number of enemies you fight like in most of the missions I fought, like I would go into a space and be like, Oh, there's like four or five dudes. And I went into this mission this morning with, with three other people. And it's like, that is like 12 people. (laughs) Everybody take cover. Uh They've got flamethrowers and they've all got gas grenades to flush you out of your cover. Or incendiary grenades. Yeah. Yeah. I'd like to point out that this whole time, Mitch is still playing clash Royale. So I'm playing multiplayer (laughs) and I'm not disliking this game and I'm not like, Oh, it seems fine. You know, for a moment, I'm like, I'm having fun. Yeah, I'm I told enjoying you. Enjoying this, it's having more fun doing that than doing the podcast. Fuck yeah. you! I'm listening. I'm contributing. I'm asking <laughs> I, questions. I'm, well, this, trust me, this game does not require a great deal of mental effort. I am liking the division ab- about as much as I thought that I might when I played it last year. Yeah, and more than I worried I would after hearing about the beta. Yeah, and certainly more than I worried I would after the shit they pulled with reviews. And you're playing it on Xbox? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Uh, like I just also, been trying to decide where to play. Still. There was fucking yeah, no reason for them not to give access. This game is not a fucking MMO. No, it's not. We want to make it's sure not that. an MMO. It has. Well, like, I guess I, I the, what, you the, can the, do every mission by yourself. The story I heard was the servers didn't go up until Monday. Or yes, maybe? they went up at 5 a.m. Pacific on Monday. Okay, so they could have given code then. They, so. I mean, they sent out copies for Monday. Okay. Well, then is, that makes sense, right? No, so. it doesn't because. They literally could have put up servers last week and had people go through and say, you know, if you can hold reviews till the day or so after, that'd be cool so that you can sort of get a better idea, which other people have been doing for literally years. Yeah, like, there's I, I no just wonder fucking if the server, I mean, hold. maybe there was a reason the servers couldn't go live or something. Uh, the know. servers that had massive problems on PC and every other platform for the first day. Well, that, really. that game's going down the night we recorded, I think. I think it's going down for like three hours tonight. Oh, that really? sucks because so, I was going to play it. Yeah, I think I, I saw a notice that it was going to be down 10 p.m. Pacific time for like two hours. So, um, one, one thing I will say is that it takes a long time to start a game. <laughs> it takes a really long time to load in. Uh, huh. There's certain, like, I like, generally the interface is okay. Uh, it's it's I don't, pretty clancy. I don't know if there's a way to leave a party. Hmm. Uh, blood in, no, blood shy out. Of in the beta, it was super game. easy. No, 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 you just, oh... Maybe blood right. in, blood out. I'm pretty sure there was just a dropout menu or a dropout option in the menu, but maybe I'm. I don't. I don't. I haven't seen that. That doesn't mean it's not there. Yeah, I'm not just, saying it's not there. I I'm might just be saying lying. I haven't seen it. Funny for for as for as clean as the menu's design aesthetic is, uh, at least for the short amount of time that I've been playing it, I still find myself kind of getting lost every now and then, like yeah. thinking I'm clicked into one menu, then I wasn't, and I think it might be because all the visual elements 
look so similar, similar, and the grids that they are in uh, are always on the same grids that every now and then I have to go like, wait, which which tab is light orange? Okay, that tab is light orange. Oh, so that means I'm in this menu. Oh, but why am I looking at my like my gun detail? Oh, because I've clicked into menus. Now I need <laughs> to get back out. So you know, I I that it remains to be seen whether or not that's just me getting used to the system or. Sure. But I think the uh, I think it might be suffering a little bit from uh, de-emphasizing everything to the point that nothing's emphasized. Yeah. Um, hmm. I I would like just a list of missions to choose from. Nice. Yeah. I would. It would just be nice instead to be able of going to, like, to the map and clicking on icons. Yeah, I I would prefer that. Yeah, uh, I can see that. Also, I would. I just wish that there. I just the city is organized into boroughs, and I don't feel like that is particularly intuitive. Um, but maybe it is. Uh, in the what way that you, you prefer, I don't. I don't know. I just like. Are they gated? Is like oh no, you can't you enter can the upper east fuck side. Fuck yourself until... going to a place where you really shouldn't be. <laughs> mm. um, I feel like that's pretty cra- that's pretty classic RPG in a lot of ways, I, right? Yeah, you entered the skulls area. Yeah. <laughs> I also feel like it sort of is obscuring the story critical path mm. because there is oh. clearly there clearly is there are story missions that are clearly marked as such that are sort of critical path to progressing the plot, yeah. and they are really it feels like they are artificially difficult to find Hmm. like to the point where it feels like maybe they wanted to stretch that out Hmm. Um, and i don't like that so is there a so one thing that i haven't been able to determine is when i'm running around uh new york so far anyway i never see any other players unless i match make into a mission or unless I'm at a hub area. Is that the case for the game at, at large? Yeah, I think you're yeah. instanced. You, it's yeah, your, everything you're is instanced, instanced unless you're match made. Okay, yeah. You can't just like randomly run across people having a firefight in the street unless right. you're in That's a dark That's the whole zone. point of the dark zone, uh, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, you do see people on your friends list on the map, and you can just hover over them and send them a, a friend request. Like, oh, cool. Or not a friend, but like a matchmaking request. Yeah. Uh, almost like in Dark Souls That's or cool. something, how you'd see like the ghosts of people that were in the game near you or something. Yeah, except to, like you can see them anywhere in New York if oh. they're on your friends list. Yeah, that's right. And I like it's oh, there's David Ellis. Oh, there's Nate. Are the uh, are you encountering things in the story missions where it's like this is like a level twelve story mission, but the story content only took you up to level nine? So if you should probably grind out some shit Absolutely. before. You, okay, a hundred percent. Yeah, I think sort of what I'm getting at that yeah. the critical path stuff seems obscured I or felt, artificially. Gated. I felt the exact same way about all that shit in Destiny, and still do, where. I wouldn't know if I was capable of doing this mission or if it was important or if it was just a side in, thing or if it's from one of the expansions. In Destiny, it was a little different because it's like, if if you're not the right level to go to the next story mission, then you're going to replay missions that you already played. And in this, it's like, there's a lot to do. I like, think they might have rectified some of that in Taken King because I never had the issue where I had to do that. Mostly because you can jump straight to 25 from the beginning and then... Well, uh, they, even, they even made it so that, like, you level up a lot faster. Yeah, especially and, from 25 to 40. Right, because when I first started playing Destiny, um, I burned through all of the story content really fast. But I did do, like, lots of side missions to see what they were. So I was always, like, the minimum... Like, it says recommended level for this is 7 to 9. I would always be at least 7 when I would go into a mission like that, you know? I just feel like there's, like, a lot of busy work for you everywhere in the division that mm. wasn't necessarily present in destiny as it was when it launched is it satisfying busy work 
I mean, I really enjoy shooting stuff and doing missions. Right. And, like, like if I just stumble upon a hostage scenario, for like, me, that's like, oh, the, this is rad. Let's one of do the it. sort of interesting things, the sort of missions that aren't about shooting people that are in the game is uh, they're like missing agent stories. Uh, where you go to like this point where they were last seen and you do like a GPS calibration thing and it's like an arrow on the ground. Oh, there was some of that in the beta, that yeah. It points to the next section and then you find it. And there are other things where you're like looking for a missing person and you go to a place and you activate the echo system and it becomes like the sort of interactive like crime scene where there's like the outlines of figures like doing things and like you're trying to sort of figure out what happened and go to the next place. Um, Sounds Batman y. Bang, bang. Except you don't activate detective vision. Like you just like activate the echo in that location, and that's the only place it works. Um, yeah, because it's based on like security cameras that were in the area of the last moments of people's lives. I do th- feel like it's the most sort of semi-fascist Tom Clancy game. So, so the far. most actually Tom Clancy, like because like you're going into the space and you're like trying to take back to New York, and like literally the only thing you're doing is shooting people. Yeah, like. <laughs> Oh, we got to gather some virus research, but there are people to shoot first. <laughs> like, yeah, I, like, like, yeah, and all the all of your you and all of your fellow agents have one hundred percent confidence in your righteousness. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's like, oh no, those are looters. We're good. But then well, you put that the, side by side with like Division rim- Three will be the game where it's about your guy getting back to being in New York for the first time since they reclaimed it and having PTSD. And I don't know, like, <laughs> pulling out his gun and shooting people in the street and being like, <laughs> "You can't see most of their faces, but it would be easy to say, am I just shooting a bunch of black people in this game? What is going on in this game?'" Uh, and otherwise, occasionally, there is a system where you can help civilians. But give them some soda. Yes, or a power so bar. But a like the way that it works is so weird because there's no active way to tell if a civilian needs help other than just like walking up to them slowly. Hey man, you good? And then oh, it like really it surfaces a thing that says they're in need, and then if you get close enough without touching them, it will let you give them something. Do they freak out? Like if you bump them, they're like, get the yes, away from me. If you me. bump yeah, into somebody, they're like, well, I'm one of the good guys and runs away, or I'm not any threat, and they run away because yeah. you're a fucking asshole with a gun that bumped into them. Should have uh-huh. shot him in his back. He was that, <laughs> he was resisting America. <laughs> Make America great again. Oh <laughs> yeah, there should just be Trump posters everywhere. <laughs> but I, I don't know. I'm, I'm enjoying it. But I also liked Watch Dogs as flawed as that game was. So who the fuck am I to talk? Well, yeah, but I mean, like this, I this game definitely intrigues me, and I want to play more of it. Uh, I am bummed, you know, about what you're telling me about the PC stuff. I'm wondering how long it's going to take before I start running into that shit. I mean, uh, today, tonight, probably. Yeah, unless they fix, they magically fix it. Yeah, Mitchell. Yo, tell me about the future. The future. Virtual reality. What? Once he does that, I have another game to talk about. Uh, okay. So I got a Vive, and I've been playing with Valves. An HTC's Fancy Pants VR headset. You set it up in the room. How hard was it to set up? Uh, kind of a pain in the ass. Okay. But they're changing a bunch of the setup process. They actually specifically said, hey, uh, don't talk about that too in too much detail because it's going to change a lot. Is but this in your house? In the office. Okay. So you've uh, got the lighthouses set up. Yeah, and the oh, demo they, room... they didn't give you like personal vibes for all the editors at IGN? No, imagine that. Huh. Uh, so you've been playing with the Vive? Yes. Have you been playing Fantastic Contraption? I have. The game is a marvelous work of genius. Nice. It is <laughs> so good. I it's mean, funny. I was I was I played Mad, um, Fantastic Contraption at a bunch of events and we got it installed and there's a ton of really good puzzles and the premise of the game is sort of like fuck. What is the original version of that game? Like the 2D puzzle solvey kind of. Do you remember that the old PC game? Yes. 
I can't remember what it's called. It's called like Fantastic Contraption. It's a very similar name. Yeah. But it's basically like, okay, you need to get uh, this ball to this point. You're making Gold- Rube Goldberg machines, basically. Yeah, it's like a combination of Rube Goldberg and Lemmings. Yeah. Where you need to get a thing from one place to another and you use a very small set of tools to innovate and create a cool mechanism to get it there. Yeah. And in this game, it's all very whimsical, and you have a cat that holds all your tools, and you pet him and give him little scratches, and he burrs. I mean, but that's the whole thing, is that you're doing it in 3D space. Yes. So you're, and like, you're... watching this machine in front of you. Yeah, and it's it's funny, because you, uh, you have this floating cat that holds all your tools, and it's like, okay, I want to get uh, a wood beam that I'm going to attach to a wheel, and then I'm going to create a small cart. Or you can use, uh, like, lighter, smaller balloon-like tubes that you can stretch out and you can connect and you can create like you know use basic understanding of engineering to make like triangles to make it secure and steady so that it doesn't tip over when you build something large uh but it's funny because i would always build vehicles with like wheels and platforms that i would put the ball on and then you hit play and i would watch it roll all the way across the world to its final destination Whereas uh, at the office, I was watching other people play, and Max Scoville basically was like, all right, I got an idea. And he attaches the ball to the end of a stick, and he stretches the stick out over and over and over, and just keeps stretching and, and stretching And you're seeing it. this on a TV by watching? Yeah, yeah, okay. I'm watching him on a monitor, and he's in there just stretching it out over and over. And he just, like, holds his 300-foot-long stick out all the way to the end goal and just hits play and drops it, and it just works. <laughs> like, he didn't build anything. He just was clever about the tools he had. Like, he used <laughs> one tool in a way I never thought to use it. So how, the, ori- the, the original one was Fantastic Contraption, by the way. Yeah. Was that what it was called? Yeah. Was I was, say, I was pretty game? sure it was. It was yeah. just really? a 2D Fantastic Contraption. Yeah. Man, that's fucking awesome. Uh, I had so no this idea. is from the Northway Games yep. people. Colin and which, Sarah. Which are just Colin two folks that Matt has known. They made the game. Who have been on the show before. Yeah, yeah. They, yeah, yeah that was a show I missed. They made Me a too. game called Rebuild, which Why was like a really cool Flash game and iOS game. It's out to Rebuild. It's up to Rebuild 3 now. Yeah, 3 is pretty good. And they also made Incredipede. And then Incredipede is the game of theirs that i really like you've so talked it's about like, that on a couple yeah, times the yeah show. it's like fantastic contraption makes like a logical sense to me for them that them to do that yeah the sort of games they've done yeah uh fantastic contraption the best thing about it for me is uh you can basically at any moment you can put on this like weird space helmet that changes the, the what you see entirely so that's basically your menu you mm-hmm. put on a hat and it changes what you see and what you can engage with hmm. and you can basically so hat. you don't put on an actual hat yeah, uh, but you go into this like menu world and you pick up the rocks and like the credits are on the bottom and it's clever and cute. But when you go to the level select, you just pull a lever and it changes to like friends contraptions and online contraptions. And you basically go, okay, I'm on level seven. I'm having a hard time or I thought my contraption was boring. And you can load up Matt's contraption, Anthony's contraption, a random other player's contraption. That's awesome. And then you just take the helmet off, and you're in the place where their shit is. So how does that work? Like, is the uh, space that you can build a contraption in limited to the space that you actually have access? Or can you, like, shift yourself in the space? No, no, no. It is in a specific space, specifically because they do a lot of interesting stuff with where the the I don't know what exit point is, like, where you need the objective point where you need your ball to go. Like, sometimes it will be 20 feet above you straight up. Right, but that's what... So, what my point is, is that you move in 3D space while you play this. Yeah. But what if it's 50 feet in front of you, but the actual space you're in is only 10 feet? That's what I'm saying. Then you move around that 10 feet, and you build a thing that can get 50 feet over there. 
But can you keep moving towards the 50 feet? Like, can you shift? No, your because walking no, no, space? no. The, the point is you're building something to get wherever the thing is. Oh, so you're just building on it. Yes. As in the distance. Because if you could just go there, you would just go there. And you okay, okay. I'm just, yeah. Let me yeah. ask you, how did you feel about this thing being on your head attached to cables and stuff like that? That's the big thing with Vive, right? Like, we, we've been trying to find a solution and we can't. The thing gets tangled like a motherfucker. It's so tangled. Because you you have this predator dreadlocks hanging off the back of your head <coughs> as you have this helmet on, and just, it, it's all of the VR headsets. Yeah, like they all, all have it. Yeah. yeah, it's just I the, the vibe is about remember, walking around. Yeah, I can't remember what the what the mechanism is called, but uh, you totally need one of those things that hang from the ceilings in production studios, yes, right? And it slides from, and, and they and, yeah, yeah. And they, sl- they slide in any direction. We tried to yeah. build one in the room, and it was like just too much work, and it wasn't going to work, and we couldn't get it high enough. But yeah, yeah, I mean, you see people do that for VR demos when you're like running in place or whatever on one of those. Oh yeah, there are people who are doing like stage acting where they need to have cables yes. above them that are, can pull them up yep. and stuff anywhere. Um, yeah. So it's not There's a name for that contraption. Yeah. I can't think of it. It's a fantastic, fantastic contraption. contraption. <laughs> it's not a deal breaker by any means to be walking around with cables hanging off your head but every now and then it's a pain in the ass to be like okay i'm in a i'm weirdly immersed in this space that i am like i i'm in my office and i put the headset on and i am literally somewhere else mm-hmm. it feels like i have left the building yeah and then to be like oh shit my headphone cables tangled on my vibe headset Hang on. Yeah. and then oh they're dangling over my shoulder i'm just gonna move it behind me and then you trip on it and you pull the audio cable out of the headphones and yeah. it's shit like that, need, that you need like a you need like a wrangler yeah, you definitely you need, you need, that's, need a second person just to do a rank. And that's the thing we keep you. talking about is Vive's a weirdly co-op experience because you yeah. have to have somebody there with you so you don't fucking die. <laughs> yeah. So you don't trip over things. And <laughs> this they is go, practical. Well, yeah. it, does show, it, practical. it does at least show you where walls are. Yeah, so it has the yeah. chaperone system, uh, which is when you calibrate. Did you get the chaperone system working? Oh, yeah, yeah. We, yeah. Okay. Our shit's really good. Like, we calibrated the room really effectively. So I know I my feel boundaries. like we have, we at Polygon with the Vive that we got have had problems getting the chaperone system to work, right? Really, hmm. I wonder and if it's that a, they have said that the, the chaperone system is not currently. Oh yeah, working and very it, well. all of that shit is like anything UI is getting an update before ship. Uh, I don't know to what degree. But Fingers we'll see. crossed. But it was fine for us. Uh, we had to recalibrate a couple times. There'd be people crunching. <laughs> yeah, um, but I don't know. It's it's effective because we have a weirdly shaped room because we just there's so much shit in our demo room where we have it set up that. It's like, well, we just can't move that filing cabinet. That it's just there. This so, is like connect all over again. Yeah. Does, it, does it see like the filing cabinet? In yes, the sense because of, like, when the we trace the room, yeah, because we were like, okay, start the trace, and you just like you move the controller along the wall, and then I just like moved it around a square. There was the filing cabinet, and so when I'm walking toward it, I know that oh, chaperone shows me a blue grid in the game that shows me the the dimensions of my room and play space so i know that right there because of the shape that that is the filing cabinet and now i know in the room where i am i know that i'm facing the door i know that i'm facing the okay. window this I know is that why I'm facing vr the setups in like the 90s had you in a pod yeah like, you're on, walking like, a on a treadmill or, or whatever yeah. yeah like because this is not practical in no. any way shape or form but it is fucking amazing i love <laughs> it so much i love vive yeah. more than i love oculus it's definitely more than i love psvr like i want it so bad Damn, man. Really and there's way. some good games. Like, it's they... finally out of the tech demo stage. And there's mm. still like, some great tech demos, but goddamn, there's like some great games. with. Is Sony working to lower expectations for Morpheus? I don't know. Because they're like saying that they want to be the, the affordable one. I well, hope that, so. Yeah, well, there's Windsor thing. They're having Next a meeting. Week. Next uh, week's their big event. They're they're gonna, just, they just released a really price cool and release date. of yeah, for it. Yeah, Matt's I can't, been working on that for a while. What do you guys think PSVR is going to cost? 300 bucks. No. 350 I still think you're low. I think four ninety nine. I think four ninety nine or four hundred. Yeah. Four hundred at the lowest. Yeah. 
Because at five hundred, they would still be cheaper than I think. It, else. I think it'll be four hundred if it doesn't come with moves. Oh, they could throw in a move for like a dollar at this point. Like Sony could go to every <laughs> EB Games and pawn, yeah. pawn shop in the country and buy up all the moves that people have gotten rid of and re- resell. <laughs> I'm going to say totally. I'm going to I'm going to stick with my Price is Right thing of three hundred without going over. I think three hundred is very optimistic. Mitch says three hundred dollars and one. I cent. think the manufacturing. <laughs> yep. First of all, like the screens would cost more than that. Uh, and yes. there's a breakout box. And, and I don't and think they're else. willing to eat the cost on something like no. this. Not yet. Absolutely not. Not until this is in like 20 million homes are they going to go, okay, volume two. All right, $500 and it comes with three games. I think it comes with uh, a no demo. Man's Sky. Rigs and Eve Valkyrie. I think it comes in June. I think it, this comes out in June and it comes with No Man's Sky. Hmm. No, and they want you to buy No Man's Sky. But, well... I think they might be worried enough about how No Man's Sky is going to do that they will trade getting some headset sales, yeah. With headsets. <laughs> I still think that that is like I don't think that sells copies of No Man's Sky. I No, but it just has at least some attach rate. Know. So here's a different question. Do you think PlayStation VR is successful? I am sort of in the I what I wonder is if in 6 months we will be talking about which VR platforms sold the most or which VR platform sold the least? Like which one failed the least bad? Yes. Or which one failed the hardest? Like not the one that was the most successful, but the one that like flamed out the hardest. I, I am seeing a future in which Oculus is largely successful. Almost universally adopted a few years from now. Vive, through the resilience of Valve not giving a fuck, lives on despite not selling well and playstation vr tanks hard i don't want that to be the case i, I love I think vr i think it's super cool and psvr could be interesting i think if one of them tanks they all tank oh no way yeah i, and I, I think that I oculus think so. is I, not. I think i think there's i think there's players in this space that uh well like mitch said they just don't give a fuck they'll just keep throwing money and you know who's my gut are console gamers i bet i think that there's absolutely no mass market for for vr yeah, not until it's hundred bucks. It's never going to be a hundred bucks. Correct. Not everyone can be the Samsung Galaxy. And even once whatever, it's hundred bucks, like it's VR. still like even if the headset is a hundred bucks, the computer you need to run it isn't. Yeah, like, like I can't run VR. And home. I also I still think that they are dramatically underselling the level of computer you need to run Oculus Vive. Dude, I have a badass gaming PC at work, and I ran the performance test. Failed miserably. We have like two machines in the office that can run five, and even then, it's not running in high high performance. What is the? I'd be curious to know the tech specs. Which is weird because yeah. supposedly Vive's like performance things were lower than Oculus's. Holy shit! Okay, like I people have no fucking idea what VR is going to do to their systems because it's running two high definition devices at once at at least ninety frames per second and ideally a hundred. Hope you've got at least one badass GPU and a kick ass power supply. So it's mm-hmm. like. 400 percent or more no that's you're functionally running double, three double. monitors double. you need to have a 980 ti running an sl that's like eight yeah. t- like it's eight times jesus christ that's eight times the requirements of a 2d game with identical settings yeah but i mean like the and running at console levels of quality not counting like the faster motion that you'll get running in virtual reality and like how much faster your draw like it has to be man you know what's fucked up is when you're in vive and you're walking around a room and everything is great and budget cuts is a really cool game and something happens with the reception from the headset to the lighthouse sensor and the game is just like 
I don't know where the fuck you are. I'm just going to guess. And it's like, it guesses the floor is at your chest or that your head should be tilted 45 degrees to the right. And it just changes the monitors. And it like, it fucks your brain up so bad that I almost fell while walking around the room just like, like it felt like I tripped, yeah, yeah and I had yeah. to stop and stabilize and close my eyes and not move and take the headset off I to make sure I didn't die. Appreciate yeah. like how much game makers like control how fast you can move in a game, like to control like their draw budget. Like mm. you can't fucking three sixty no scope in half a second because like the game can't <laughs> draw the world that fast, <laughs> right? Like and when you are have a game that is already. Assuming that it were controlling like a console game, like with a controller, as opposed to whipping your head around, like requires eight times the budget. Like that is crazy. And the minute one thing fucks up, it sucks. (laughs) It is like like, really disorienting and unsettling. And so, you know, it's like the, um, uh, I think there is a very real possibility that VR flames out like 3d did. Oh, I hope not. But no. I also I think that one thing none of us might be considering is the word of mouth factor with certain new technologies that have a very, very powerful human draw to them. I don't think where that... it's like, but that's the thing. Like anytime anybody I know puts on a VR headset, they're like, Oh my fucking God, I can't believe that this was as good as it's it life is. changing. I have no it changes idea. Everything I ever thought was possible. I thought games. it was a gimmick until I tried it. Yep. And that's the word of mouth that I think is going to spread. And so that is what gives VR. I think that's one reason why so many companies and so many big executives at companies are pushing these things so hard is because they've experienced it and they become believers. I think they're trying to make fetch happen. Trying to make what happen? It's just an expression. Like they are, they want it to succeed, so they're trying as hard as they can to make people think it's going to succeed. And they did this, the exact same thing with three D television. Yeah, but I mean, three D three D television. Three D is super super cool. I love three D, but VR is the whole new fucking thing. I mean, people people want to be able to go to different places. And they want, like, this whole immersive experience. I mean, the concept of going into the computer uh, didn't just come out of nowhere. I mean, like, it comes out of the desire to go to other planets. It comes out of the desire to go west. Do they want to sit in a room isolated where they can't see anybody else or interact with anybody else and spend $2,400 to do it in a way that is inherently compromised that nobody's totally figured out yet where if the controllers got, aren't shipping until yeah. later this year? If you've got the money, sure. I, think there's I, totally think, I don't think anybody has the do. fucking money. Like well, if you have to choose between buying a VR capable PC and a VR headset or a MacBook. And if you had to choose the money between buying a first generation Tesla and buying a Toyota that you can afford, what are you going to choose? You're going to buy the Toyota. But as soon as Tesla starts making a $20,000 car, then they start selling like Toyotas. And also Tesla's successful because there are rich people out there who want it. Right. There will be those people who do want VR bad Right, but people homes. also drive Teslas to work. Like a Tesla is like a functional piece of their life and not sure. an entertainment device. And mm-hmm. and like to to think of VR as only an entertainment device, I think dramatically short sells the possibilities. Dude, I want to do therapy through VR. I think there's an unbelievable amount of I was pretty stoked when I watched VR the that are way beyond stuff. entertainment. Yeah, purposes. that was really cool. I just I think that it is absolutely not something that there is a broad consumer demand for and i think that the oh wow factor does not overcome the fact that it is so incredibly limited in what it can be and what it can do and the price is so astronomically high can given what anybody wants to spend on a computer which is to say virtually nothing 
Like as yeah. computing is becoming cheaper and people are spending less money on that. But and think about like how everybody keeps like shouting the death knell of the PC. They don't need more, but they used to. Where it was like every time the console came around, it's like nobody's going to game on. People PCs are still anymore. shouting the death knell of the PC. They're saying not like, like they not like they were. But not, not the death of the PC as a platform, but the depth of the like dedicated desktop PC. Like that is it's it's dead. Like it is dead. I have no idea what you're talking about. PC <laughs> sales are like better than they ever have been. No. I don't. I don't know. Where People buy you're laptops. Your from. People do not buy desktops. Like desktops, every laptops, dedicated whatever. desktop like, maker want... has gone out of business. Like or has moved entirely to laptops. Is a shit what the box is. Yeah, nobody. Gives well, the laptops sh- can't fucking run it. Not right now. Like Palmer Lucky literally just said, "We'll bring yeah. Oculus to Mac when they make a good computer." Right, which totally makes sense to me because Macs have shitty video cards, especially MacBooks. And nobody wants. That's to also a it. totally separate conversation. Max yeah, point. It, Matt's point was about PC gaming not being dead. Right. No, I don't think that PC. I spend more time PC gaming than anything. Yep, and but, PC and PC gaming still to this day is pushed by rich people who pay all of the money for the top end gear, and that filters down out there. You know, like you go on Twitch streams and you see somebody who's able to run your favorite game at 100 frames a second, and that pushes you to like. Well, maybe I won't. Maybe I can't afford that four hundred dollar video card, but I'll buy the two hundred and fifty dollar version of it because that'll upgrade me and I'll get a few more frames out of it. Which can't really do VR. Yet, uh, yet. My my Gen point is, my point is that uh, is that people who have money that like dive into the high end tech, the first version of things, early adopters. Uh, that drives markets that drives market demand now the question is like how fast can they drive that market demand how fast can they move something to the mainstream and that depends on how quickly uh hardware manufacturers both on the vive side and on the computer side can get prices down to where it becomes a mass market price and even but just because it isn't right now doesn't automatically say that it's going to fail because they haven't gotten there no if if it doesn't succeed within the first year i don't think that it goes anywhere that's totally true I agree with that. Like in the flat first out. year, yes, because if people can't make a living making stuff for it, then no one is going to make stuff for it, and then people can't buy anything to use on their VR I headsets think you might and don't be buy another one. How much money Facebook is willing to spend, and how long they'd be willing I to spend Facebook that money? I think Facebook is overestimating internally how much time they're willing to waste on something, mm-hmm. like how many billions of dollars they're willing well, to throw actually, away because I don't they think have shareholders. Know enough about Facebook to really say because Facebook. They have so much money and they spend it on whatever they want that it's really difficult to say what. Right, but they still have a fiduciary obligation to their shareholders to not flush money down the toilet. We'll see. Yeah. TBD, what was this other game you played? Uh, Hitman. Oh, you finally did play it. Yes. Is that game Blood Money 2? (laughs) That's all I care about. That's the right question. Because I thought Absolution (laughs) would be, and it fucking was not. I mean, Absolution had levels that were bigger than the levels in Blood Money. Yeah, but it was never about size in Blood Money. For me, it just didn't feel as many options in in Absolution. I mean, the big levels in Absolution are considerably more sophisticated than anything in Blood Money. But (laughs) there's only like three of them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, how do you feel about Blood Money 2? I think that this feels much more like a successor to Blood Money. Good. I think it does so in a way that feels kind of strangely gamified in a way that goes way beyond Blood Money. Like what do you mean in gamified? That, in, Blood, in Blood Money, uh, 
there were levels that were built with lots of different possibilities and this it is like aggressively informing you of all the possibilities you, all you know you can drop a light or throw a guy in a fish tank why is it, is it saying can, like this time when you play kill a guy by dropping the ladder on him it, it literally will tell you that you can do those things oh, that's, that's kind of disappointing no but that's 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 totally lessons learned from sniper is what that is Really? Sniper, yes. Sniper does all those things. Every Hitman time sniper. you load into a new mission, it's, it's like, like okay, but this time kill this. Kill guy. a guy by making a guy fall on top. So of the like, guy. use it. Use a fan as you're walking like around. Accident. If there's a conversation that will give you a hint as to what you're gonna do, like you just like click on PS4, you click the touchpad, and it like tracks that opportunity. Huh. No, that sounds bad. And it like puts that. waypoints all over. And you can disable yeah, waypoints. You can just, and you can disable No, you won't. You literally <laughs> will. will. I'm going to make this game as hard as fucking no, possible. You're not. Uh, I don't know about you're that. You're going to start it up, and it's going to say, oh, okay, I'll do this. And then you'll do it, and that'll be it. Like, everyone says, I'm going to turn off all this shit, and no one ever does. <laughs> I always turn that shit off in all those games. to so turn off all the fucking pop-ups and the vision. Turn off my mini-map in Far Cry, which sucks because half the upgrades are for your mini-map. <laughs> fucking whatever. Get rid of it. Uh, <laughs> so and, and also, like, it has a lot of stuff that you can't... Like, you have to decide which, which way you're going to do stuff, which challenges you're going to meet. Like, And honestly, it gives you credit for completing some challenges where it doesn't actually do anything. Like, hmm. let's say that you can set off a fireworks display without a safety warning. And I think the suggestion is you can use it to kill a target. Like if you find the remote and set off the fireworks early, you get the challenge regardless of whether or not anything happened. Good one, dude. Um, but they're <laughs> even like, unlocked. <laughs> I, there are definitely lots and lots of ways to pull off every kill. Uh, the levels are very involved. Um, it's only, re- uh, it's not a full game, right? When it no. releases. So okay, what's your, episodic. if you buy it, right now uh mm-hmm. and it comes out on friday uh you can either spend 60 dollars and get the whole game eventually supposedly assuming it io doesn't get closed and square enix doesn't go out of business uh you get the or you can spend 15 dollars and you get the prologue which is two missions and the first chapter which is the fashion show in paris um mm. so the prologue missions are interesting in that they are 20 years before and they are agent 47 like trying out for the ICA like the the hit organization that you get your assignments through in every hitman game I didn't know he tried out I thought he was just like a Made clone for it. So like he was, no he was a clone and like there if if you play hitman contracts like you actually play him escaping from the asylum where all this shit happened um he escapes from that program and disappears and becomes like the assassin and there's never really a good explanation of how that is and this talks about him trying out and meeting Diana, the handler that you have in every game. Um, and so the conceit is interesting in that the tryout program is missions from the agency's past. And it's like, here is a back lot. Here is a warehouse. And here is a very clearly built ship out of like boards and like painted. And here are like painted things that are supposed to be the background. And this is a loading area. And like, this is your target. Ha ha. It's like, it's a, it's like a paintball environment version of a hit hmm. where everyone is an, is an ICA employee. Um, and it's just like an interesting conceit for a training mission. Yeah. And that's what these are. Similar to the, I think modern warfare one. Well, that puts you through similar. like the, the kill house. So yeah. you're only getting the first, the first two missions are just these training ones. And that's it for now. They're getting the train, the prologue, which is those two training missions and Paris. 
Oh, okay. That seems like not a lot for 15 bucks, and I'm not usually one to complain about um, price, but when you're correlating a specific number of missions in your separated episodic game to fit to prices so like depending that, on the way that you you play hitman like i think that you could spend easily like half an hour on the first training scenario like trying to do it right and then it opens it up and says now here are a ton of other ways that you could do this because you have to do it a very specific way the first time yeah now here are a ton of different ways to do this like maybe you want to poison him and do go drown him in the toilet substantial um and replayable in the same way they the feel replayable and that there are lots and lots of ways to kill your target okay um and lots of ways in and out and lots of like things you can do and it tells you challenges mm-hmm. like that you can complete and you get like ratings and all that stuff and you get scored on it um and it does that after the first mission and then there's like a second mission that is much more difficult and less guided and there are lots of different options and it feels sort of tantamount to a mission in blood money as far as like the size of the level um, and after that, the Paris level, which is the first proper mission in the game is huge. That one to me, when I saw it at E3 and it was super jank and really early and they were changing a lot of shit, but that one to me felt like, Hey, we really like blood money and we're going to blow it the fuck up. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I think in that regard, it is, it's maybe bigger than any level in blood money, which is the first wow. mission of the game. And there's also more people in that game than we're probably in blood money or in that level. <laughs> Absolutely not a lot too. Yeah. I, I love their, I love the crowd stuff that they yeah. introduced. And I think that's all been like improved and, and, yeah. I, I like that there is subtlety added to the game. Like if you are caught in an area, like you can be walked out as opposed to that being a fail state and being murdered. Mm. Yeah. Like That's there's, there's still the same like fake surrender shit that was an absolution. But now like mm-hmm. people don't assume that you're a murderer. If they catch you somewhere, you're not supposed to be They're uh, like, look, they, you're not supposed to be here. If it's somewhere you're really not supposed to be, you're trespassing. Mm-hmm. But like, it's not, it's not the end of the mission. Nice. Unless you want Silent That's Assassin, good. in which case it's restart every time. I mean, it, 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 and for me, like the replayability is going to mean a lot because, in especially in like you know Blood Money Two, it was always so fun to like try Absolution. to or, uh, in Blood Money. And sorry, in Blood, Blood Money, Money as yeah. well. In Blood Money as well, we it go. was it was always so nice to like replay missions and just try to figure out like, okay, I got yeah. Silent Assassin. Let's see if I'm I can drop guess. a TV onto this chicken man. Right? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> So, you know, like, as long as there's lots of options on how I can play the missions and all of those options are fun, I could get a lot of value out of, like, one large Also, stage. like, you can you can plan before you go into a level and, like, decide what equipment you want to bring, including, like, what clothing you want to wear. And some of that is, like, will determine where you can go. Uh, That's like, so much better than, like, you wear a suit and then you have to get the suit before you leave. I there. I'm sure they do that. So the <laughs> just fine. setting. I, just like, yeah. I like the option. So this yeah. has probably the most charitable silent assassin like threshold for a default difficulty setting of any Hitman game. Like which is that no one sees you and you only use the silver ballers or a non or a, or a silent or something or like a knife. Yeah. Wait, like I any silent kill. Silent assassin used to be that there was no trace you were there except that your target died. Yes, like in Blood Money, it was. It was an accident. Yeah, like, like it, it, you couldn't even look like a murder. Accident. It couldn't yeah. even look. It couldn't look like a murder. It couldn't yeah. look like, or if it did, like it had to look like somebody else did it. Yes, like and, in the theater. And an absolution fuzzied that up a bit. I think it would let you kill people with a gun, and this is even more so, mm. like more mm. charitable. But I'm not even that purist about it. There are additional criteria that they're thinking of adding, like the 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 no or the suit 
rule where like you have to leave in your original clothes. Yeah. Like you can't leave anything behind. <laughs> roll um, with it. <laughs> and other stuff like that's the Anthony way to play. Yeah. Roll with it. Yeah, that's always fun. Like you can pick up like tools around the world, and those tools are actually used for things. Like you can't fuck with a brazier, like a like a gas lamp, without a wrench. For example, so you can't and just go and like hit A to interact, and you can't go to a catwalk also, above yeah. a stage where your target is and like make a light fall down on them unless you have a crowbar to loosen it. Like, so you not only have to plan what you want to do, you have to plan how to get the tool to where you need it to be, which adds an additional sort of level of problem hmm, solving. I like that. Um, so all this is really cool, um, and I feel like yeah, it sounds cool. It is progressively less janky than the last one, which continuing Hitman tradition. <laughs> uh, each one is just a little less janky although hanging from things and, and climbing is still the fucking worst yeah <laughs> um i think that there's a lot there and and there are, are a lot of ways to tackle the mission that i would want to do like to experiment after i finish the game mm. not after i finish the level like yeah. i don't want to squeeze all the blood from a stone one mission at a time yeah i worry about that like what i in a, in a hitman game i would want to get like silent assassin in every mission and sequence and then fuck around and see what else i could do well how yep. long are they how long are they going to take between releasing missions i don't know monthly i, just, I think it's not bad at all i don't think it will be monthly hmm. i think that that is incredibly optimistic i would every like quarter. supposedly <laughs> this is going to come out on retail in january 2017 which gives them eight months hmm. to finish all the missions and submit to gold master. And I think that that is ambitious for this. Hmm. Uh, but there's others like a negative is that the production quality seems a little all over the place. Like everything is in English, even the Russian characters, uh, except hello. Like, yes, you are hit man, except like <laughs> in certain points in the second mission, which is a Russian military facility in Cuba. Uh, mm -hmm. There is Welcome a general. To Cuba. There's a there's a there's like a <laughs> lieutenant senor. general. Shut up. There's a lieutenant no. general <laughs> who is supposed to be Russian and will speak in a Russian accent for a second and then like we'll talk in like Yosemite Sam American accent. <laughs> Hello, yes, we get dinner at Chevy's. Well, boy, you did a real good job. Like, and it's it's the same Comrade. character talking that way, and it's really fucking weird. That's very uh, strange. And you like text mix. There was yes. definitely a an objective that didn't trigger like I was supposed to lead someone somewhere and they wouldn't follow me and then they got mad and left because I wasn't leading them somewhere. Cool. Um which maybe right, will fuck be fixed. you ball man I'm out. Maybe that'll be fixed with the first patch. Yeah. Um and I mean like a lot of people criticize stuff in the beta and they've said that they fixed a lot of it but I it's impossible for me to know. Yeah, of course. Um but one of the things that they're going to do that has a lot of promise that I didn't play yet is uh elusive targets. Hmm. which are new targets dropped into existing missions uh, that you will have a limited amount of time to do hmm. like an extremely limited amount of time to do. I think they're going to start hmm. with 48 hours. Oh, so it's like, Hey, this is happening. You have till Saturday morning to kill this. Oh, guy. you yes. mean real world limited time. To do yes. Like, oh. like, and if that time passes and you don't get it, that's the only chance you'll have ever had. Wow. I thought you meant like, you know, a minute in game no. or something. Again. And so if Brilliant. you're in the game, sniper, and yeah, that and yes. that hero in that target, if you die trying to get them, you fail forever. Whoa! Huh. Is and the target they, always the same in the map? When no, okay. like the elusive targets are new targets. Oh uh, man, that's with fucking new, cool. with new passageways and like new behaviors and new guard routines and new everything. So you get one shot at the leaderboard. 
Uh, yes. Although, like, you can quit the mission and go back in. Like, you don't have to finish it in one shot. Like, you can save and go back as oh, long okay. as it's within the 48 hours. But if but you, you can't, fail, like, save scum and be like, ah, now I'm going to fuck up. Quit, I, if, you, if you die, that's it. Period. Mm, damn. Um, and, like, <laughs> there will be shit. progressively mm-hmm. more elaborate rewards for people that do better. Like, if you silent assassin an elusive target on the first try, then you will get a pretty, like, good indicator that you did that. Like, and it will post leaderboards and you will get things to put on your agent 47 to indicate that. And they were talking about gloves, cool gold stars example. on his forehead, hemp bracelet. And so like, my concern is that like, I, what if I'm gone and I can't, yeah, do I'm that. on vacation. I can't hit like, me. Yeah. It's giving me anxiety, like having to fucking like schedule my life around events and games that I like, or it's just making me not want to play them. It's KK slattering your shit. I don't know. So yeah, he doesn't I mean, know like that means. I think you just have to. Sounds before cool. you start the game, just give up on the fact that you're gonna. And all, it, it's also got like all the contract stuff from Absolution, where people can like build yeah, their challenges within <laughs> every level, and these levels feel much more tailored to that. Hitman cool. Sniper does a lot of the stuff you described, so it's like they yep. obviously learned from that. Mm. So um, probably the game made a billion dollars. So I, I don't know. Like it's, I think it's promising. Like I've seen some stuff from later in the game that I am strictly embargoed on, but I feel like the ramp up and sophistication from map to map in what's there is probably going to be borne out in later releases. Um, and sophistication and complication doesn't always mean good things, but I think that that's what Hitman or fans of Blood Money have wanted. Yeah. So I What's think your favorite this... Hitman level ever? I think, I'm, I think mine's the Vineyard in Blood Money. Mm, it's either the Heaven and Hell level Ooh, or good. the Mardi Gras one. Mm, also Those are both good. really good. Everyone's just going Silent Assassin. I don't know. It's hard or, for me uh, to say. Blood Money. Or I also like the one with the guy in the spa that you can blow up from underneath. I like the meatpacking plant and contracts. Con- that one's really good. Which is, it's super fucked up. Like, yeah. super fucked up. That game is really fucked up. Yeah, it's the darkest of the yeah, yeah, games. Yeah, by far. Um, there, are, <laughs> there are so many good levels in Blood Money. Do you remember, do you remember Contract's really excellent marketing campaign? Where it's just like a dead woman in a tub with a toaster in it, and it's like, thumbs up, dude. Was it really? I thought it was contracts. No, it was Blood Money, but I mean, Blood Money's campaign was 18 months because that game got delayed. Yeah. Um. Um. Hmm. I mean, I really like the White House infiltration mission. Oh, yeah, that was hard. Uh, The rehab clinic. I really Uh, like the rehab clinic. The escape. Kill the guy with the weight. The yeah. weights. Uh, oh, yeah. Kill the guy with the globe. With yeah. The, the globe. That yeah. shit was really... I forgot about that one. Uh, and also, like, smuggle the dude out. Yeah. Oh, there's a dead body. Oh, that one's really good, because yeah. you, you have to live... Like, half the time you spend there, you're just like, I'm here, and I'm supposed to be, and I'm walking around, and I'm... Got problems. That's a good one. Yeah, that one's There are really so good. many great, great level, levels in that game. Like, the, the hotel... Level. That's the hardest not, one. Not the opera house, although the opera house yeah. is fucking incredible. Oh, but the, the hotel yeah. is great. Where you have to get into like the VIP area with the Saudi prince or whatever it is. Ugh, that mission was fucking hard. I, I think I eventually beat that one by going, all right, fuck your VIP. Walk in, pop him in the face, and leave. <laughs> I silent assassin every level in that game. Damn. I... This is when the 360 came out, so yeah. there was a lot of time to focus on one game. For, yeah, for yeah. sure was. And I also got fired from my tower job, like, right as that game came out. And I was, also, I was like, that, that all right, this is my weekend. Cool. No. All right. Um, but yeah, I, like, I'm, I enjoy what I played. 
I do not like the fact that they're releasing it piecemeal over eight months. I'm not I think a fan. That's shitty. It's also shitty because like they they announced they were doing that. Everyone said that sucks, and they said, "Just kidding, we're doing something completely different." No, no. The Originally, same. they were going to release like half the game and then release episodes, and then they said, "No, no, episode <laughs> by episode." That's like way worse. And it feels like it's not. It like it feels obvious why that's the case. Like because the game is not fucking done. I worry it's that not it will feel remotely like, close to done. Like when that game comes out of retail next year, I worry it will feel like oh, level one's like really thin and shitty compared to like the really amazing sophistication of episode nine, which is what it, the whole game should have or, been if it had time. Man, remember when they were going to finish this game? <laughs> uh, wish the, wish the final episode ever came out. Yeah. Yeah, that's all I got. All cool. right. We can wrap up because there's a BART train in 15 minutes. Perfect. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. We're on. You can send your letters at letters at eat-sleep-game.com. Uh, you can find us on Twitter. I'm at Chuff Money. Mitch is at Mitchie D. Matt's at Talking Orange. And Arthur's at A-E-G-I-E-S. We should actually read some letters at some point. Yeah, I think we should Send some letters. Letters at eat sleep we And then go to IGN. Read the work that Mitch does. Go to Polygon. You can read the work that Arthur does. Go play Marvel Heroes. Go play Green Goblin. He's mm-hmm. really the best. Um, but he's a bad a man. But he did become the head of Hammer, oh my God. which took over for Fucking Shield. Fucking nerd. So <laughs> there's there's he's like a literally required. There's a precedent <laughs> shit. of why he would be a, a member. He actually ran the Dark Avengers for a while. Anyways, <laughs> um. When he was the Iron Patriot. Okay, wrap it up. <laughs> uh, I tried to start a clan in Clash Royale and call it Fart Knockers, but you have to have a thousand gold, so I can't Shit. recruit anyone yet. <laughs> um, but uh, thanks for listening. Go to air5.tv, give Matt work or lots of money. Yeah. Uh, I Lots of money is preferable for no work, but if you want, if you have to have work for <laughs> you it, actually want work. Yeah. you can also do that. <laughs> and go check out our friend's new podcast called Dev Game Club. It's really cool. Devs play games and talk about it. Yes. Tim Longo of 343. And, and yeah, a long time Duvill. ago, we did a, a, a game club on um, uh, Republic, Republic Commando. Commando. Republic Commando, and Tim was on that show because he worked on that game, and now they have their own kind of dev game club where they do the same thing that we used to do on RoboFM Game Club, and it's awesome. Speaking yep. of, we did a game club on Hitman Blood Money in yeah. case any of this Hitman we did. talk is uh, of relevant to your interests. So. Yeah, yeah, go back and look for that in our oh, podcast Oh, game feed. is good. Fucking Christ. Alright, thanks for listening, everyone. We love you. Have a nice life. Uh, you know, you could have don't buy... You, yeah, you had a now good ending, and now you fucked it up. Don't buy Amiibos, but buy Disney Infinity figures, because I love them. Bye. Yeah, man! <laughs> <laughs>